Honestly, one of the things that the Bible lifts out is their loss of godly leadership. So Moses is telling them, and when Moses is leading them, they have a, they have their moments, golden calf, etc. But they are following and obeying and abiding. And when Joshua is leading them, they are going into battle. I mean, they have moments where those spies are freaking out, and but they go into battle and they win victories for the Lord and they do what God tells them to do. And the story in Joshua is, these are victory stories. But we see that uh, in the absence of leadership, the descendants don't know God the way that they used to. And it's from that circumstance, the beginning of the decline flows. back to study with friends. This week we are in the middle of following the covenantal themes of land, descendants, and special relationship through the former prophets. If you've missed the first two series or would like to get the homework to follow along, head to our website studywithfriends.org and search Old Testament. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and now you can watch us on YouTube. And if you're on the go, be sure to stream us using iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Now let's continue in our study see prophecy about what will happen when we come into the land. And then uh, I don't want to get too deep into the homework because we did this work in the homework, but we looked at Exodus 23, uh, verse 23 to 30, which I'm going to have Caroline read. And then Bella, if you would read Numbers 33, 50 to 56. And then I'll just refer in the homework, Joshua 6, 24, 8, 28, and 11, 13 as uh, fulfillments of what God is saying in these Exodus and Numbers passages. So look for the homework or make a quick note of what I just said. Go ahead, Caroline. Okay. Exodus 23, 23 to 30. My angel will go ahead of you. He will take you into the land of these people, the Amorites, Hittites, I'm going to destroy these names, Parasites, Canaanites, Hivites. Just do what feels right. And Jebusites. (laughs) You're doing great, actually. Thanks. And I will destroy them. You must not bow down to their gods or worship those gods. You must not live the way these people live. You must destroy their idols. And you must break into pieces stone pillars they use in worship. You must worship the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless your water and your bread, I will take sickness away from you. None of your women will have her baby die before it's born. All women will have children. I will allow you to live long lives. I will make your enemies afraid of me. I will confuse any people you fight against. I will make all of your enemies run away from you. I will send something like hornets ahead of you. They will force the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites out of your way. But I will not force all those people out in only one year. If I did, the land would become a desert. Then the wild animals would become too many for you. Instead, I will force those people out of your land very slowly. I will wait until there are enough of you to take over the land. Before you read your passage, Bella, there was one. And is there anything that jumped out of, the, of that passage for you? Because I wrote one thing down, and then when you read it again, I something else lifted out for me. So I'm going to let you guys go first, and then I'll tell you what uh, reflections I had on that passage. That's okay. What I was asking is, did anything jump out at you from Caroline's passage? God was cleansing the land, um, wiping out the old inhabitants and um, trying to fill it with (laughs) new inhabitants who knew 
knew him mm-hmm. and That's who good. would hopefully um, follow his That's good. His uh, direction. That's good. Right. It wasn't just that he um, was just saying, follow the Lord your God, mm-hmm. you know, follow the commandments, don't follow their uh, idols, but it was destroy their idols, break mm-hmm. everything into pieces. Just That's tear. good. That's it good. was literally go in and pillage. By the way, um, we'll also see that really uh, a ton in the book of Kings and how each of the kings is judged by is by whether they tore down the high places. And when it says he didn't tear down the high places, what it's talking about is the high places is uh, the, uh, the community would always put at the highest point in their community the altars to the God they were worshiping. So what they mean by the high places is tearing down the altars to the other gods. And so that's a, that's spot on. One of the things that jumped out um, when I first read this was the specificity of, I'm giving you the Amorites, the Jebusites, where these people live, I'm giving you that. So the specificity of it all the way back in Exodus, he's saying this is the land that's going to belong to you. But then, the, then when you read it again, I thought about... Um, I love your translation, by the way. It's different than my translation. Which translation are you reading from? It's um, ICB. It's just. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Probably international. Yeah, it's an international. Something Bible. Yeah, international. Christian? It's Christian. (laughs) International Christian Bible, probably. I don't know. Okay, so one of the things that I heard you say is, I will confuse your enemies. And it reminded me of Gideon. They didn't fight at all. They banged. uh, They broke pots. They broke a uh, ceramic and they uh, made lots of noise and it confused their enemies. So all the way back here in Exodus, he's explaining to them how he's going to deliver them into this land and drive their enemies out even once they're in it. And I just found the specificity of that prophecy so remarkable. I wanted to mention it. Anything else you guys want to jump in on the Exodus? Okay, uh, Bella, would you read Numbers uh, 33, 50 to 56? Mm-hmm. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, speak to, the whole, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their metal images and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. When you shall inherit the land, uh, oh, you shall inherit the land by lot, according to your clans. To a large tribe you shall give a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Wherever the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. According to the tribes of your fathers, you shall inherit. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. And I will do to you as I thought to do to them. Okay. Anything that jumps out at you there from from any direction? The importance of completely obliterating the former inhabitants of mm-hmm. the promised land. Like doing the job completely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anything else jumps out? The last verse makes me kind of like, oh my goodness. Tell me more. He's <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> what do you says, mean? He says, I will do to you as I thought to do to them. Like, does that mean you're going to completely obliterate us? Like, or what? Like, well, we know. <laughs> we know what happens, right? We have the benefit of hindsight. Yes, that's true. And that's, that. well, that makes me wonder then, like, if I... But what happens, Bella? 
Put it in plain language. First, he's kicking them out of the land, and then what happens? You mean kicking the he guys kicks that are Israel there? out of oh, the land? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure who you were referring yeah. to. Yeah, so about. first he kicks the the inhabitants out to the allow people. Israel to come in, mm-hmm. and then he kicks Israel out. Yeah, because of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Does that make more sense? Yeah, I'm thinking that it that last thing it puts like weight. Or, well, it puts a hypothetical weight on it because I'm like, well, if I'm reading that knowing full well, like, what's about to go down? And I'm still kind of like, oh, my goodness, that's a lot. Okay, woo. Like, I'm thinking if they were sitting there hearing these words from the Lord, they were probably like, oh, my God, like, completely terrified. And then, but they still do it, which means. What happened there? Yeah, like, they really. They really lost their way. Lost, yeah, lost. I was gonna say lost their mind, but lost yeah. their way. Yeah, and so. I'm just gonna go ahead and foreshadow because we do deal with this later in this particular section. Mm-hmm. But honestly, one of the things that the Bible lifts out is their loss of godly leadership. Yeah. So Moses is telling them, and when Moses is leading them, they are they have a, they have their moments, golden calf, etc. But they are following and obeying and abiding. And when Joshua is leading them, they are uh, going into battle. I mean, they have moments where the spies are freaking out. and th- But they go into battle and they uh, win victories for the Lord and they do what God tells them to do. And, th- and the story of, in Joshua is, is, is a bunch of, th- these are victory stories. And, and so under Joshua's leadership, they're living into what God asks them to do. Uh, So, but what we see, and actually you have the passage, so I'm really glad by Providence you have this passage because you're really like, what happens, what happens, is we see that uh, in the absence of leadership, and Caroline, this makes me think of you too, what happens is the descendants don't know God the way that they used to. And it's from that, which, um, from that circumstance, the beginning of the decline flows. Anything else we want to lift out of numbers? So in several cases, um, the in the homework I listed out, Joshua 6.24, 8.28, and 11.13, which are respectively Jericho, Ai, and Hazor, and just uh, the specificity that God uh, said, here's what's going to happen, and then we see it fulfilled in Joshua. And I also want to lift out Numbers uh, 33, verse 54, that you just read, Caroline. Distribute the land by lot according to your clans to a large group, give a large inheritance, a small group, a smaller one. And that's um, really the entirety of Joshua 13 to 21, which is the allotment of the land. So just trying to make those connections with you guys. Is there anything else that you want to... uh, What I would say is that if you had to boil every book down to one verse, people like to do that sometimes, I would say... Uh, it w- Joshua would be Joshua eleven twenty three. The Lord gave the land, and Israel took it. <laughs> so, so that's a good boil it down. Not be strong and courageous. Right, well, like I, lo- I know be strong and courageous <laughs> is really the battle cry. Right. To go and do so without fear. Um, okay, so Marilyn, uh, I'm going to have you read Joshua eleven twenty three in just a minute, so you can cue it up. Uh, but tell me what uh, I want to just again uh, touch the the larger story arc, the narrative 
um, and give you guys an opportunity to talk again about land descendants and relationship if you if you want to. I have a lot of verses in the homework where you could play with that and just give you an opportunity to lift out any of the ones except 1123, which is the one I'm going to jump in on. I'm going to have Marilyn read it. But were there any when you were doing your homework that really jumped out at you? I gave a list of about 10 or 12 verses there. There were a couple things that reminded me of the Exodus um, in um, th chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Mm -hmm. the, as they were crossing into Jordan, they crossed over on dry ground, I know. just like crossing the Red Sea. I know, I love that. Really reflective. And a lot of people forget that God parted the seas twice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in um, chapter 5, verse 15... Um, it reminded me of the burning bush incident with Moses. The place where you are standing is holy, Joshua was told to remove his sandals. Mm -hmm. Good parallels. Thank you for that. Any others that jumped out at you guys? Okay, I'm going to have Marilyn read um, chapter 11, verse 23, because I think that it really does a great job in one verse of tying together land, descendants, and relationship with God. Joshua eleven twenty three. I'm sorry. Yes, 23. Yeah. <laughs> so Joshua took the entire land, just as the Lord had directed Moses, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions. Then the land had rest from war. So that pretty much, we could read that and not ever think, land descendants and relationship, but that's why we have to be intentional about seeing how this theme that God developed in the covenants really does, does run throughout. Do you see it in that verse alone? It's a pretty good one for, for the trifold theme. Okay, so I just asked um, us again to have uh, an anchor through these things um, into our own spiritual life. So I try to make sure that we're not so uh, distant as we consider the Old Testament. And I want to remind us, I want to remind myself that things that happen in the Old Testament in a physical way uh, happen in our lives in a spiritual way. So we talked a lot about this during the Pentateuch uh, uh, sessions. Um, land, descendants, and a special relationship with God. So in the Old Testament, certainly the promised land was a physical geographic location. In the Old Testament, descendants were literally the seed, the children of uh, Abraham and uh, Isaac and Jacob, as, as they say. And the special relationship with God was really evident in, in um, some amazing ways. For example, at the tabernacle and through the wilderness, the pillar of fire and the cloud of smoke. So those things, though, the, and the relationship, certainly we're going to see God as divine warrior as we come into Judges. God, uh, this special relationship is very clear in a physical way. God sets Israel apart. But when I think about myself, when I think about the promised land, that is an internal notion now, right? Does it, do you, can you relate to that? And the um, descendants can be uh, a spiritual notion as well. I, I have people in my life who I spiritually mentor. I have people in my life who spiritually mentor me. I'm giving Marilyn the side eye. Um, and so descendants doesn't have to be blood. Spiritual descendants can be people who you... Um, 
witness to, people who you share the gospel with, people who you share your uh, kitchen table with, and you just, uh, you know, sow the seeds of the love of Christ into their lives, that those are spiritual descendants. Stop me if you think I'm stretching this theme. No. no. Do you have more to say about it? Um, it well, tying into um, the last study, the Pentateuch, it, there was one question within that last study about um, tying in the, you know, Old Testament prophecy to, to our current spiritual life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just keep thinking like the, the cyclical, the way things happen, you know, uh, exposure to relationships, increase... Um, relationship with with the lord just mm-hmm. you know based on things like bible study mm-hmm. um bible study in the catholic church <laughs> depending on what parish you are is now common it wasn't when i was growing up um so it was new for me to step into mops mothers mm-hmm. of preschoolers and or a bible study um and join hands mm. and you know i'm used to getting down on my knees and doing the sign of the cross and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that that whole starting the study getting into scripture opened up a dialogue for me with the lord mm. with christ um which i do believe enhanced my relationships mm-hmm. with others you know i certainly see your descendants being other other individuals mm-hmm. um i can tell you my sibling has no relationship so for me it that's all that's what i have mm-hmm. um so no i i mean i think you're dead on it's yeah and i think that we can think of spiritual descendants not in not it doesn't necessarily have to be oh this whole person belongs to me spiritually mm-hmm. in the way that you know listen there are some more um easily identifiable spiritual relationships. Like if you mentored someone and you continue to disciple them, that's someone you would call your spiritual descendant, no doubt. Or or some does that for you, you would say that you are their descendant. But I guess what I also want to point out is that um, I think in the last series what I said was you can co- be called in for just one play. Mm. And then you're benched again, and you may never see how that play, how the game turns out. But you're, that person is part of your spiritual descendancy because you were called in for one play, one moment that was critical, pivotal in their life, and you have part and you have a part in that spiritual descendancy. So I, th- I just think we we should we should try to make these connections. We shouldn't try to exert them too aggressively on the text or the themes that we see in the Bible. You never want to do that. But what we do want to do is see how God's truth from the Old Testament is still true. That, that we sh- can and should do. Uh, we should never try to impose anything on Scripture, but we can certainly allow Scripture to raise up for us things that we didn't notice before or didn't make connections we didn't make before. Uh, Kat, one of our participants in the last study, Kathy, and I kept saying, once you see this theme of land, descendants, and a special relationship with God, you can't unsee it. It's everywhere in the Old Testament. Once you uh, develop the skill or the filter of looking to see where, where Israel is on the trajectory of, 
uh, of her relationship with God and use the anchor of the covenants and whether whether the Israel is honoring the covenants. In fact, one of the scriptures we read, God said, Israel will stop honoring my covenant and I'll have to punish her. It was basically, he said covenant. Um, I paraphrase the punishment thing. But so once we start uh, flexing that muscle and using that filter of looking at each Old Testament passage in light of the covenants, we're not imposing that on the text. We're lifting that out from the text. And we're, we're allowing God to show us a new facet of his word and how it all fits together and how it is a unified narrative. And that's really enlightening. That's really enlightening. And it's certainly this, the God that we serve is not, the, not different f- from Old Testament to New Testament, which is another thing that I hope we're accomplishing as we study this together because a lot of people want to separate the God of the New Testament and the God of the Old Testament. And so by using the covenants and these, uh, this trifold theme, we can see actually he's the same God. That, that from the very beginning, he had a heart to provide a land, a place where we belong, which for, for us as Christians is we belong to Christ. So that's our spiritual promised land. He had a heart to provide us descendants, which is these this family. Don't we always call my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ? So a place where we belong, a family where we belong, descendancy, and we are descendants of, and a special relationship with him, which is what Christ died on the cross to accomplish. So it's the same God who in the garden showed that intention that we still serve and worship when we go to church on Sunday and sing the songs we love. There is no break. There's no different God. This is the same God. And I think these covenants and this theme, these themes that we see in the covenants can help us to identify that in a really, I don't know, maybe more obvious way. Do you find it helpful? Like time You guys are like, no, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so exhausted with you, Holly. I don't see it at all, and I think you're full of bullshit. still want our coffee. No, I'm I know. Kidding. I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> had coffee. That's totally I'm my just bad. Kidding. I mean, like, do you see it as useful as in, like, turning it into... Like an allegory? I'm, I'm asking, do you see, no, I, I wouldn't call it an allegory. I, I'm, I'm asking, do you find it useful to take those, um, I mean, I guess kind of it's a spiritual allegory. It do you? Is yeah, allegory. That's yeah. not the proper use. I yeah, know I know what you mean when you say that, but though. Yeah, like uh, taking the little needle, putting it in one side, and then putting it through the other. Yes, and, like, do you totally find it helpful to take these covenants and these themes and use them as a tool to identify the biblical unity? Yeah. I think using the three themes was like what you needed to do that. I don't think you could sit there and be like, let's take the Noahic covenant and tie it to my life. You get lost. That's so what <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I'm never going to get anywhere with this. I'm so glad. Three, like, and reading, I, th- I feel like maybe from like outside, <laughs> I'd be like, this is reading into it. But it's like, no, it's not. It's like completely relevant. Yeah. I'm so glad you feel that way. always so thankful for how timeless and timely God's Word is. Thanks again for joining us on this multi-series journey studying God's covenantal promises throughout the Old Testament. We are a weekly Bible study just like you'll find at your local church. If you aren't in a study like this one, we encourage you to join one. Make sure that the church is teaching from the Bible in every situation. In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, instructing them, freely you have received, freely give. We take that command serious here at Study With Friends, so we have created tons of resources on our website that are all free for you to use. They're at studywithfriends.org. Much like the disciples who relied on the generosity of a host, we are 100% donor supported. 
If you have been particularly blessed by our ministry, would you consider making a donation? Monthly partners are especially helpful to us and no amount is too small. If you are willing to give it, we would be grateful and blessed to have it. You can donate on our website one time or become a monthly partner. That's at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. We would love to connect with you and hear how your walk is going. We also love to get prayer requests from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can email us at info at Remember, you can stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Plus, you can now see our studies on YouTube. No matter which way you choose, we hope that you will connect with us. For now, we hope you'll join us next time when we study with friends. Study with friends.